not woke. Make that clear. Awake, not woke. Hello, initiates, and welcome to another episode of the Awake Not Woke podcast. As always, my name is Sarah, and this is the episode, the big episode, 55-0. We are talking about a very important topic and kind of a topic that brings all of our topics together. We are talking about spiritual warfare. This is the time that we're in, but this has been a this has been in existence forever. It's part of natural law and natural order, the balance of dark and light. But we are in a particularly biblical time right now. And Chas and I break down what we mean by spiritual warfare, what we think is going on right now, the different ways it can manifest, the different ways you can protect yourself and arm yourself in this spiritual warfare. And doesn't involve weapons, so pacifist you are good um i think you're gonna really enjoy this episode it's a really important one so make sure you stick around and i hope you enjoy it so without further ado episode 50 of the awake not woke podcast on spiritual warfare with your hosts myself and chas enjoy Hey, welcome back to Awake Not Woke Podcast. This is episode 50. I finally know the number. (laughs) And this episode is on spiritual warfare. So this is a concept that we have definitely dropped in here and there and probably even talked about a little more in depth in other episodes. But this episode is dedicated solely to this topic because it's incredibly important and Mm -hmm. it's going on whether you know it, whether you don't know it. And we're going to talk about a lot of the basics, kind of our knowledge on it and some Bible stuff because that's a pretty straightforward reference to the spiritual warfare, but not from a Christianity perspective. Yeah, (laughs) no, totally. That's perfect. And this is a hugely important topic because not only is being aware that this is going on is really important in general, but I I think this is pretty much everything. This is everything. It is everything. And we'll get way more into detail on all of that, but spiritual warfare, from what I understand it, is more the war between darkness and light that has gone on forever and will continue to go on forever and less any of the specifics in the ways it's being played out right now. It's something that's going to happen forever. It's always going to happen forever. Spoiler alert. The light always wins. Right. End of story. But it's a very hot topic in the conspirituality community. And it's also something that Christianity talks about a lot. You Google spiritual warfare and it's entirely like over the top Christian, like Christians who believe in like angels and demons and like supernatural Christian type stuff. Yeah. And I feel like even in the conspirituality community, at least from some things that I have seen, even some of that is kind of rooted in this Christianity perspective of of spiritual warfare. A lot of the like right wing. That's what I was just going to say. It's it's very, and there's nothing wrong, whatever wrong or right with that. But I'm really, looking forward to talking about it from a perspective that doesn't necessarily involve that heaven or hell sort of issue. This is a war on your consciousness. I mean, your consciousness is your spirit, but it's not about your 
salvation in the way that the church sort of proclaims it to be. And the Bible, I'm going to reference a lot in it because that is a very straightforward text that talks a lot about this, but from a more metaphysical standpoint. Yeah. And this, I I love that you came to the table with Bible stuff because I pretty much have just a bunch of pages of my thoughts, more or less. Um, I tried to do some research into this, but immediately off the bat, like I didn't go into the Bible for this particular episode, but if you just Google this subject, it is just all Christian blogs that are a little ridiculous. But I think it's important to note uh, in lieu of our spiritual, or excuse me, in lieu of our social engineer episode, I think it's important to point out the blurb at the top of Google when you search for this. You know how like you search on Google and there's always something at the top like that immediately answers whatever you were Googling. And if it doesn't, you search farther into it. When you search spiritual warfare, the blurb says spiritual warfare is the Christian concept of fighting against the work of preternational, preternatural, I think it means supernatural. Mm -hmm. evil forces it is based on the biblical belief in evil spirits or demons that are said to intervene in human affairs i think right off the bat that is like not a great explanation of what spiritual warfare is and it's a very social engineering type thing that immediately kind of has you write it off like if you're a sciencey person or you think you're a rational realistic person you're gonna just kind of write that off because it it specifically says it's a Christian concept that is based on biblical belief in evil spirits or demons. And if you don't believe in evil spirits or demons, then you're immediately just not going to believe in spiritual warfare. Yeah. And if you don't believe in the Bible or even use the Bible for any type of spiritual development, you're it's, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But also, I think there is danger in taking the Bible literally with oh, some yeah. of these things too. So there's going to be a lot of people who are touting spiritual warfare and telling you to be aware of it but then they're like yeah the devil is gonna make you jack off or something like (laughs) like that's not the spiritual warfare we're talking about and that's like all the blogs were about like the devil is always trying to make you sin and these days he he can do so so easily because nobody believes in him so he's just making everybody sin and that's like a lot of the spiritual warfare that immediately comes up on google yeah and a lot of it in that sort of Christian realm, it's heavily dependent on your eternal salvation. So whether Mm -hmm. or not you're going to go to heaven or hell, whether or not when the rapture happens, you're going to ascend up and be with everybody else in heaven, or are you going to go into the fiery pits of hell? So all of this is very heavily focused on your salvation, specifically your forgiveness and your ability to be able to not go to hell. Yeah. And I think that spiritual warfare is, it's a concept that it's a lot more complicated than a lot of sources give it, give it credit for too, because although I think this is a narrative that's been played out for centuries of this dark energy that exists and this light energy that exists and that yin and the yang are always fighting to have one be greater than the other but that balance will always remain whether one resides over the other and vice versa at any point in time it's never going to stay that way but i also think that 
demons and evil spirits are a thing. Like that's that's where it gets a little complicated because I do believe in interdimensional beings. I believe in evil beings. I believe in lower dimensional, like that tree of death energy. Right. I, I believe that all of these things could be very possible, whether they exist because people believe they exist or they exist because God created them to begin with. I don't think that really matters, but definitely think that plays a factor. So it's not to like shit on the Christians who believe that this is a biblical thing with evil spirits and demons, but I also don't think that's all of it. It's not like you're just constantly fighting against invisible demons every day of your life. Yeah, that's why I mentioned this is a war on your consciousness yeah. because a lot of this comes back to the power of the mind while we are in this meat suit. So yes, this is spiritual warfare and supernatural sort of things that we're talking about, things unseen. This is also about how you are combating it here in this plane, in this realm. And that I think is where some of the complication also lies Mm -hmm. because it's really easy to just like devote your life to Christ and only focus on the supernatural but then you totally neglect the idea of keeping your heart pure, having control over your thoughts and your mind, all of those things that yep. play such a huge role in it. Yeah. And I have written in my notes that I think it I think it does exist on this greater scale, but it does exist on the individual scale, too, because we are an image of the greater scale. We are the microcosm to the macrocosm. So this battle this divine battle of good and evil of dark and light is existing within us as well i don't think it's like the devil floating around like making you do gross things or something but i think it's more the battle with your dark passenger Mm -hmm. it's that daily strive to be authentic to not cave to laziness to mastering the will these are all very important things and i think these are essentially like your tools and your weapons in this spiritual warfare and although like there is that battle within you the larger war that we are fighting is on this grander scale but the way we fight it is on the micro scale yeah it's you are your weapon your mind here in this world in this realm in the in the reality that we are living in today your weapon is your consciousness and that's why in the social engineering episode we talked so heavily about this idea of making you submit or dulling down your your thinking kind of putting fences around the concepts that you might be able to understand or master Mm -hmm. because the only thing that you have in this war is yourself, which is that little piece of the whole. Yeah. And that, that piece of the whole is so important. Like it, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a majority to tip the scales one way or the other. I mean, literally the social engineers are like what 0.1.01% of the population. Like it used to be the elite 1% and now it's like the elite 0.1% because it does not take very many people to tip these divine scales. And you you hear that in all the woo-woo new agey shit too. Like the indigo children that we talked about and everything. And I, I can't even think of any more, but I, there's dozens of sources that I've heard where there's like 10% of the population is going to wake up the other 70% or whatever. And then the remaining like whatever percent is just like somewhere in between. I don't know. There's 
I've heard in so many conspiracy, spiritual, everywhere in between people talking about this concept that you don't need a majority and that the people who are waking up and living their authentic lives are going to lead us into this new age. And it's not like they're going to be going around like preaching the gospel or right. on their soapbox, like yelling on the street corner. They're going to be doing the exact opposite. The people that are going to make a true impact in this spiritual war are going to be pretty much minding their own business for the most part. I mean, it depends on what your true calling is, but whatever that true and authentic calling is to you is the best weapon you could ever possibly have in this, this spiritual war. Yeah. These people who are leading us into a new age and the enlightened of the present and the future aren't going to be priests and preachers and everything. They're going to be regular ass people who are building this new age. And that's going to look a lot different than the last age. That's the whole point of the procession of the equinox and the changing of the ages every 2000 or so years is it's going to look a lot different. So, it's it's not about like running around trying to convince people to follow Jesus or whatever. It's it's definitely a more private and personal thing. Yeah, and on the note of spreading the gospel and all of that, I think that's another very literal take from yeah, the Bible totally. where, you know, I've got some some notes about kind of more of a metaphysical interpretation of a specific Bible verse, which I think we've actually probably gotten from this particular site before. So yeah, it's, it's not going to be this hell bent Christian sort of coming of a new age where everyone gets saved and commits their lives to Christ. It's going to be embracing the Christ consciousness that's already within us. That's why it's the war on our consciousness. Definitely. And that's the thing about the Bible, too, is it, it gets taken literally so often. And it's forgotten that we live in the world of archetypes. Like the the earthly realm is manifestations of deeply spiritual symbols that exist in the collective unconscious, in God, in the source energy, in the universe. These symbols just exist there and when we're trying to explain spiritual warfare or enlightenment or god or dimensions or aliens or any any of these complex spiritual topics we're gonna have to use symbols to explain those things so the bible is a big book of archetypes and symbols and information that needs to be thought about and considered and applied in different ways to fully understand the meaning. So when we're talking spiritual warfare or when the Bible's talking about spiritual warfare, it's using these symbols to express these abstract energies to act out the symbols in a way that we can actually understand. We are narrative creatures. We have past, present, future for a reason. Time is linear for a reason because that's how we can comprehend these things on our finite meat suit scale. Right. So this spiritual warfare is a giant cosmic play and the archetypes and ourselves are the actors in this play. So when 
the Bible talks about demons or Satan or when there's certain symbols brought up or numbers or anything in the, pretty much everything in the Bible, every word in the Bible is going to be this deeper meaning. It's not going to be this literal like Satan is trying to cut your throat or something. Right. And I think another way to look at Satan, the devil, and I know we had a whole episode on this, is the the devil would be our fault in controlling our mind and our thoughts. Totally. It's not necessarily... So the adversary, the dark passenger. Yeah, so it's it's not necessarily, I mean, an entity, whatever, but it's it can be interpreted as just the actual battle within our mind. Mm-hmm. That's the devil with, within us. It's not this thing that we're possessed with or is lurking about it's it's this war on our consciousness and when you don't fight against it then the devil does take over but the mm-hmm. devil is just this lack of control or understanding mm-hmm. of who and what NPCs. you are that is what npcs are that's being asleep is what it is now i think that's where it gets a little more complicated because i'm still not clearing the table for like actual possessions and actual demons for and sure. stuff like that for sure i think specifically in reference to the bible yeah talking about because the the bible differentiates there's demons there's possessions and then right. there's the devil so i think that just like there's lucifer and satan yeah i think that they can be different things and i completely agree i mean I would not wipe off the table the whole angels, demons, possession argument. Exactly. I mean, that's. But even then, those would be agents of these higher sources, whether it's the the God is the ultimate neutral androgynous higher source. But then God split up into the darkness and the light. And we learned that in the Kabbalah. So these higher sources of dark and light definitely exist but then as you come down the tree of life in kabbalah for example and same different symbolism same concept across everything but when you come down lower on the kabbalah the entities that exist within those spheres or sephirot get more anthropomorphized and more being like the lower down that you get and then malkut is earth so we are the beings that inhabit malkut but then the spheres right above malkut i definitely think there could be some beings in there but they're still just agents of the light or the dark whether whatever they may be so internally your main spiritual battle is going to be with that dark passenger within you because this dark and light exists in everything. Like I've said before, and I will say till the day I die, we are the microcosm of the macrocosm. Therefore, we are a mirror image. We are a similar thing to that macrocosm. Not exactly the same, just like Uh, A miniature car or a model car is not the same as a car, but it looks the same. It responds the same or like a remote control car. You can drive it. You can steer it. But it's not the same thing as the big thing. It's made slightly differently, but it's made in its image. So we are made in the divine image. So we have the dark and the light entities within us to begin with. And then externally, the dark and the light exists within our environment. And then even broader... The dark and the light exist in the universe and in our society. I think that's where a lot of this spiritual warfare fits in with the social engineer conversation too. Because like I said in the social engineer episode, 
These social engineers, whether they're evil themselves or not, they are still conduits for this larger darkness and this larger evil entity, whether it's Moloch Ball or Beelzebub or whatever. It's still larger than us, but it's also still within us. So you're going to have to face the devil in your personal life. Yeah. You're going to have to face it within. Maybe you won't have to face like an actual demon possession because I don't think most of us aren't going to have to deal with that, luckily. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, but you are going to have to face this devil energy. You're going to face it every day when you're sitting on the couch and you should be going to the gym. You're going to be facing it every day when you are just stuck at a job that you don't want to leave or that you don't want to be at, but you're not leaving. Right. That's the devil. And that's the real battle that we have to be concerned with. On a larger scale, I do think like in our politics, in our government, this spiritual warfare is also manifesting. It just, the entire social engineers episode was about how it's manifesting in the external in the spiritual warfare. And to combat that external warfare and battle, we have to keep aligned with our truth and our authentic nature. But to do that, we have to fight those daily battles with that smaller devil. Yeah. And that exists within our mind. There's, so much um, in our meat suit and our scientists and all of this w- that we don't know about the mind. There's things that we've never seen. And I think that the link between our mind and what we're talking about in reference to spirituality isn't necessarily focused on enough because all of these things that we're fighting, the war between not leaving the job, not going to the gym, it's all happening in our mind. All of it, every last bit of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, even from what we know scientifically, like, what we see is happening in our mind. Exactly. That's our eyes I mean. are literally just camera lenses and the brain is the one making all this exist. That's what I mean. That's why this this idea of consciousness is what really hits home to me because we can call it spiritual mm-hmm. warfare, consciousness. They're one and the same. It's, yeah. it's all happening in our own universal, in our mind. In the matrix. That's, that's where it all exists. And one verse that I pretty much relied heavily on for this is in the book of Ephesians. It's Ephesians 6, 12, and it talks about how we're not fighting against the flesh and blood. And that's why I brought up the mind and what we haven't seen, because Mm -hmm. we, we can take out a brain and look at it. That's flesh and blood. That's what we can see. But what's actually happening is not totally the flesh and blood that we're seeing if you were to take a brain out on the table because a brain on the table is just brain Mm -hmm. it's what's within that that powers it it's sad that there's atheism and scientism being pushed in our society because there's a lot of people who genuinely believe like brain is a brain i'm just a bunch of neurons that's it no not at all not at all and it is all consciousness But again, I can't stress enough, like we are the microcosm of the macrocosm. So we are a reflection of the higher infinite intelligence, the The infinite consciousness. consciousness. Yeah, exactly. So our goal is to strive for that Christ consciousness, that pure light. I mean, our bodies are conduits of light, vessels of light. Our meat suits are holding our infinite potential within us we are undead uh, unending beings we can never die we will always exist the meat suit is just holding that energy so in this realm especially 
let alone being incarnated, I think there's also possibility to be susceptible to darkness. But especially in this meat suit body, we, if you do not recognize that you are the light, you will become susceptible to that darkness yeah. because you are your own source of light. You you can have that light whenever you want. You don't have to be in the darkness. But if you don't know that or you never accept that or you just think you're a sack of neurons, then you're very susceptible to darkness. If not, it's impossible to avoid the darkness if you avoid that one fact. And I think that one fact has been very hidden in our culture, even religiously. I think about my dad and how terrified he is to go to hell and how he was raised Catholic, but he still doesn't recognize that we're all one and that God is within you. And he calls himself a Christian, but I don't see him practicing any practices that would genuinely be bringing him closer to God. So what is he doing? Like, he's not recognizing that light. And although he was raised in a religious environment, he's still being led along by the darkness because in his religion, they were also being led along by the darkness because they didn't know that this power is within. It's not without. Right. And so many religions and a lot of Christianity, just because we live in a Christian nation, so to speak. I mean, most of America is Christian or at this point, probably atheist, but who knows? Who knows? But a lot of our, I think our parents and the older generation, especially in the United States, were raised this religion, yet they're still susceptible to this darkness. So it's not a simple, just clear yourself salvation and you're good to go. It's, it's not that easy. No, it's, it's never going to be that easy because it wasn't designed to be that way. We are pieces of the infinite whole and we are God experiencing himself. We are symbols <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're no, just definitely. symbols of, of God. And that's actually, it's interesting you brought that up because this concept has been brought up several times in my life recently. And I read about it in The Secret Teachings of All Ages where many societies really took the whole we are made in God's image thing very seriously in like ancient societies and mystery schools. And they not only believed that we are made in God's image and they didn't think of God as like a person. They thought of us being in the image of the universe of the creator rather than the modern interpretation of that is generally God must be a dude because I'm a dude. So that's must be the image that he was made in, but it's not that it's symbolically we were made in his image. So ancient civilizations and religious philosophers would go as far as like corresponding all the body parts to different entities and different beings and stuff like that. Like the, there was some societies that would only do certain spiritual tasks with certain hands, like Mm. only use their right hand for this thing or their left hand for this thing. Cause they really took this seriously. Where like, they, they believed the right hand corresponded with the sun and the left hand, the moon and so on and so forth. They, it got very complex with this. And, we kind of lost that connection because science is science and religion is religion and there's no tie between those two things. But your brain and your heart and your body are conduits and manifestations of this light. So not only is it just important to accept that, but like paying attention to your health 
is huge in this battle of spiritual warfare because I mean, again, we talked about it in the social engineers episode. They are feeding us garbage food because they know it'll make us easier to control and they will know it'll make us more asleep and more susceptible to their darkness. So it would make sense that the body is going to directly be symbolic of our spiritual health as well. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And one a big part of my notes is breaking down that verse in Ephesians that I mentioned. Yeah. And I got a lot of insight from truthunity.net, which is that website that we visited before where it kind of breaks down Bible verses from a metaphysical perspective. I think I sent a verse to you. You have. Yeah. And when I was looking up this specific verse, this was something that came up, which I really appreciated. So this, we can link it if you want to, if people want to take a look at it, but it really breaks down Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 20. I'm mostly focusing on, I would say 10 through 17, but it talks about the greatest battle that we fight is within our minds, both conscious and subconscious. So within our spirit, spiritual warfare, like we've already broken down, but our greatest strength comes from our understanding of ourselves as spiritual being and our connection to source or God. So understanding that we are those pieces of the whole, the micro to the macro and all Mm -hmm. of that. And our greatest error is our thoughts, which is what I was mentioning about the devil, because those are the things that creep in and distract us or confuse us from understanding these concepts. Mm -hmm. So the verse in Ephesians, and I'm pretty sure I've even talked about it in other episodes. It's for, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, wickedness in high places. And the NIV kind of breaks it down similarly. um, But it just, it more or less talks about these principalities or authorities. So these authorities in the dark places and then following that verse is therefore put on the full armor of god so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand so the armor of god then goes on further to break it down and this is the symbolism that i found really interesting Mm -hmm. so there's the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness Your feet should be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So this is where the spreading the gospel kind of comes in. Mm -hmm. The shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Right off the bat, I just have to say I'm so interested in that because the secret teachings of all ages, like I said before, it goes into all the symbolism of all the ages and all of those symbols are hugely powerful in lots of different cultures like the breastplate and the apron and the 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 sword sword. yeah Mm -hmm. like all of these things play huge historical symbolism parts and if you go across cultures a lot of the symbolism is all in alignment so it's not talking about literally getting a breastplate and all these things. Mm-mm. It's about the characteristics that they represent that you'll be arming yourself with, which I'm sure you'll get into. But I have to say that's beautiful. Yeah, that Well, that's why I wanted to really talk about this, because it's one thing to talk about spiritual warfare and to talk about how we fight it is by controlling our thoughts or by maintaining our spiritual health, by watching our food. Like those are all necessary and great things. But understanding the actual tools that we have been given, I think plays a huge part in combating this because these are the things that when you have done everything 
but to stand Mm -hmm. because there's going to be times in this war where maybe the darkness is prevailing a little longer. And what do we have? Like, what do we have to do? We just stand. We just maintain these principles, continue to developing these strengths. So knowing what they are, I think is hugely important in this battle on our consciousness. Mm -hmm. And one thing specific, this is a quote from this particular page. The whole arm, whole armor of God is the realization that the omnipresent spirit of good is our resource and that we have nothing to fear when we trust in and are guided by the spirit that is God. I love that. So that's kind of a big sort of encompassing what is the armor of God. Right. And then breaking it down even further to the breastplate of righteousness, that would symbolize the union of love and wisdom and holding our thoughts right. So this is where that controlling the mind comes in because when you control the conscious you protect your subconscious which Mm -hmm. is your heart and then the feet ready with the gospel that's just respecting and practicing the laws of the universe Mm -hmm. so that's not literally going around and trying to save souls and bible thump and get all these people to heaven this is understanding the world and the universe that we live in and understanding that it's divinely created by god and that we are creating within this universe within this realm and by doing this, we are able to combat that resistance that happens in this carnal flesh world mm-hmm. just by being aware of it and by respecting it and maintaining it and practicing it. Yeah. And then the shield of faith, I thought it was kind of self-explanatory, but the confidence in God, it's just having that. We used to talk about putting those like energetic bubbles mm-hmm. around us. And that's kind of what I pictured when I was reading about the shield of faith. But when we surrender to that power that's greater than us. When we understand that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, we are then again, more equipped to combat that resistance that's happening by the social engineers, by society, by all of it. Right. And if you think about a shield too, and a breastplate for that matter, these are things that you are protecting yourself with and that will keep you safe from harm. So, the breastplate of righteousness, was it? Mm-hmm. And then the shield of faith. If you are righteous and truly authentic and you have faith in God that if I'm authentic, I will win, you can just walk into the flames of anything and you'll be protected. Now, the I'm interested with the symbolism with like the sword and stuff because yeah. that's your weapon. Yeah. So the sword of the spirit, and I pretty much wrote this down verbatim just because I couldn't put it any better myself. Yeah. There was no point. So it said, we wield the sword of the spirit by speaking true words and affirming truth in the face of error. So when evil or negative thoughts creep into our conscious mind, we fight that with truth, reminding ourselves that the battle is already won. And the sword is sharpened by man's realization of his power in Christ to do the will of God. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So this, I just, this whole verse had so much to unpack, but I think is so crucial to understanding the war that we're actually fighting. Yeah. Because like we talked about, it's taken very literally sometimes from the Christian perspective, but which is honestly, let me just rant a little bit. It's so ridiculous because like (laughs) you read a verse like that and are you out, are you buying a breastplate and swords? If, if you really think this is your armor, like, how I just don't understand how it could be taken literal. And then there's all these Christian scholars who are like, oh, remnants of Jesus were found here. And this is the hill that he was crucified on. So it must be literal. 
I don't care if Jesus was an actual person who was actually crucified. That does not make it literal of a bi- of the Bible. It's, no. it's a, still a symbolic story, whether Jesus was actually crucified on a hill in Jerusalem or not. And to disregard symbolism would be to disregard the teachings of Jesus. Exactly. Because he spoke in parables. Parables and all of these things. <laughs> he said it so many fucking times. Yeah. And okay. no, I, I, I that's think just that a was really relevant though. Yeah. Ranch or not, it was really relevant to the conversation because do I think that you can get by taking the Bible literally, living a good life and doing all of that? Sure. But do I think that it's the the maximizing the tool that we were given? No. Absolutely not. No. And that's where the helmet of salvation comes in. And I think you'd really like this one too because it said that the helmet of salvation is the transforming protective power of the spiritualized intellect. I do love that too because it's it's again another protecting item but it's on your head. So the breastplate was protecting your heart. The mm-hmm. shield was kind of that shield of faith which protects you from everything and then the helmet is going to protect your brain which in your mind your conscious in the mysteries and like the secret teachings of all ages i was just reading about this part it talks about like the three energy centers of the body and the main like that's the trinity that we talk about and the three main energy centers are the brain the heart and the genitals and the genital truth the genitals are going to represent the earth and this mind is going to represent the spirit. And like we've said, the subconscious is your heart and the heart is the mediator between the two. Yep. So the head is going to, you need to protect that because it's your thinking faculties, the The spiritualized intellect. Exactly. And then the like literal physical body you need to protect because that's going to keep you alive in this narrative. But then the heart is going to be that thing that truly lifts the Jesus. Jesus is in your heart, that mediator between I'm an earthly being, but I'm also a spiritual being. I love this. Yeah. It just, it was really impactful for me because I, this metaphysical site, first of all, if you have any interest in just interpreting the Bible from a metaphysical perspective, I think you'd really enjoy it. What was the website again? um, Truth, TrueUnity or something? TruthUnity.net. And what's also super interesting is these interpretations date back to like 1926. And then they have 10 years later, an interpretation of that same verse. So it kind of develops as time goes on. I'm not sure what the most recent one is, but it's super interesting to think about it and understand that this is all within the mind. And I don't mean to just make it come off like some psychological, it's in your head, but like it is, it's, Mm -hmm. it's all in your head and that's where the creation comes from. And when we talk about, that's why it's so easy to create illusion too. Yeah. And with the, 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 genital area that you were talking about (laughs) you made it so awkward balls i don't know (laughs) i hate myself i don't know balls (laughs) okay uh like either of us have balls (laughs) like why is that what you're thinking i don't know (laughs) i'm sorry i hate it anyway um the but the belt of truth i think would be kind of symbolic of of guarding that area Mm -hmm. because even talking about the sacral chakra that's your your center of creativity and creativity doesn't just mean i'm gonna paint with a lot of colors or design this cool thing your creativity center leads up into your center of mm-hmm. i am so having the truth in that area is literally part of your life force 
yeah for this and you need to unlock the mysteries of the physical before Mm -hmm. you can unlock those higher mysteries anyway so the belt of truth is essentially like it's it's the gateway into the rest of the mysteries so yeah it truth is gonna start with the lowest common denominator because this is truth all of this is truth so if you're starting with something that's not truth what what are you doing it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work so yeah that was that all the symbols in that um yeah i I believe so i think that was pretty much everything yes i love that that was really interesting and this is why i love the bible and i continue to be absolutely taken away by bible verses because all of this shit is in there and it just takes a little more education and opening the mind to really understand what the Bible is saying, which is a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Like mm-hmm. we've spent how two years really studying this stuff and I wouldn't say I'm an expert in any way. No. And it's going to continue to teach us more. Yeah. As time goes on, the Bible is no different than exactly. any other text or anything that you study where it just reveals itself more to you the more you study it. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many times did we read over the John 14 verse? And I feel like from the first time we read it to when we even did the episode. I think even now, even now it, it, it it consistently takes on a different meaning over time. Totally. And I think that's also the whole point because like spiritual alchemy is about going through the seven steps of alchemy on new more octaves like i was actually again secret teachings of all ages learning about uh pythagoras and pythagoras like pythagorean theorem guy um was a mathematician but he was also an occultist and had his own mystery school teaching the mysteries of math because math is just the coding that exists within everything essentially and learning about the physical world and physics and the the equations that go into our physical world teaches us a ton about the spiritual world. Oh, yeah. But another thing he learned about and was fascinated with was music because music's always existed. But Pythagoras was one of the first people, I believe, to find the math behind music, like all the octaves and everything and the harmonies and like there's a lot of math that goes into music. And like hertz and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about hertz. Maybe. I think it, he mostly had focus on octaves Got and it. would like he would kind of finding like you know how there's harmonies and there's certain notes that harmonize with each other and then if you have the wrong note like you can tell that's not a harmony like that does not sound good and he kind of discovered that and that's the math behind spiritual alchemy as well is like c to c in the musical scale is the first step of spiritual alchemy to the first step of spiritual alchemy on that next octave makes sense so it's all the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. And if you find yourself drawn to music, studying music is probably going to be the best way for you to wake up and to be authentic on this journey. If you're attracted to math or science or dance or to business even, that's going to be the best avenue for you to learn about these information. But all of it's the same information. And the more sources you are studying this from, the more you're going to grow and understand this at a deeper and deeper level. Doesn't mean you have to go reading secret teachings of all ages and the Bible and everything all the time like we like to do. That's just (laughs) what we like to do. But definitely putting 
effort into deciphering these symbols is going to help you. And the Bible just so happens to be a great text that our modern society is kind of built on. I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson and Jordan Peterson believes that all literature is based off the Bible in our modern society because the Bible is really the first book ever. It's the first book that was massively printed and distributed. And our modern society is built on a Christian nation, especially in the United States. We are built on a Christian nation. The Bible is like the foundation of everything. I mean, what what is it one liberty under god indivisible yeah. like w- i mean the pledge of allegiance exactly it's all i think that's what you were just talking about actually yeah i think that is i don't know but anyway um <laughs> it's all based on the bible so it's not about the religion of christianity it's about the symbolism within the bible and studying that symbolism regardless of what you're interested in is going to add so much depth to your life like even just that i we didn't talk about this before we did that episode but it's such a beautiful metaphor for what we're talking about and you can find metaphors for like everything in the bible everything and i think if you are somebody who's just getting started and in interpreting the Bible, like for instance, me, I mean, I'm only recently getting into the Bible from this perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just coming up with these interpretations on my own. I'm seeking out interpretations of others, registering that and then developing my own discernment on how I understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think over time, the more you study something, the more you don't always need outside opinions or interpretations. You can kind of work to harness that on your own but in the beginning it can be really helpful to hear other people's perspectives which is probably why you're listening to the podcast yeah seriously but it is really good to get other people's perspectives and it's also good to just remember that it's not about getting all the answers or knowing Mm -hmm. everything or being right or wrong oh my god no it's so not about that which i get like i get wanting to be right but at the same time you're never going to be wrong if you're just trying your best to find the truth. You'll never be wrong because if you're always defining and redefining and learning and changing, your truth is always going to be different, Right. but it's never going to be wrong. Does that make sense? Because like, I just, I just feel like that can, that really helped me to clear up my concern with like comparing other people. And I've talked a million times before, like, God is infinite, so any perspective on God is going to be somewhat right because we're all going to have different perspectives on the infinite. It's just... It's like there is really no wrong, but there's also no concrete right. Right. And there is a concrete right and there is a concrete wrong, but there's also not at all those things. It's all... It's it's all the same. It's a paradigm. Or it's like... It's a... Not a paradigm. Paradox. Paradox. That's the word I was looking for. It is, though, because... I mean... Literally, life is a paradox. We exist purely off of beginnings and ends. Our entire life revolves around beginnings and ends of everything. Jobs, relationships. Life. Literally all of it. Days. But is there a beginning or end to everything? To anything? No. Mm -mm. So everything's a paradox. And that's, again, another concept that once you understand that, life gets a little bit easier because it's not about left and right. It's not about liberal or conservative or Republican or Democrat. It's about being truth and truthful and authentic. And that's the quote, right 
way to do things. Yeah. But there's no right way to be right. It's such a, it's such a paradox and it pisses me off, honestly. Cause I'm just like, the Virgo in me is like, but, but I want an answer. Just give me an answer. What do I do? And I can't do that. I can't give you an answer, the listener, on what you should do with your life or how you should fight this spiritual battle or what manifestations of the breastplate of righteousness or the belt of truth. I don't know how those weapons and armor are going to manifest in your life it's probably not going to be a literal breastplate it's going to probably be like a career or a quality in yourself or a mindset shift yeah that's what i mean by like quality yeah it's it's probably probably not going to be a physical physical breastplate or and if you are send pics (laughs) (laughs) i mean if it did come out that way send pics because like i just got this breastplate and my life is perfect i got the breastplate of righteousness (laughs) (laughs) just the belt of truth is just like this like like Texan ass buckle. Hell just yeah. says truth. It says Bud Light. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, we kind of got through a lot of my notes. A lot of my, a lot of my notes are just th- blurbs of thoughts that I have that were a little incoherent as a whole. And we pretty much touched on all of them. But something I really just want to ram home is that we are all in this battle and you can choose to sit on the sidelines and just be pushed around from side to side to wherever you end up or you can be an active participant in this larger narrative that exists and this larger story that's being told just like we said this this is a realm of archetypes a realm of symbolism and However, your character in this larger narrative of the world is, is going to determine how successful you are in this spiritual warfare. And that's on the, the personal, your own spiritual warfare, and on the larger scale. If we don't get enough people really waking up to the lightness, we might face a period of darkness that's just something that might happen i again i don't think that's going to happen and lightness light literally always prevails but be a conscious actor in this narrative don't just be like a background character like man one who's just in the background like be the main character of the narrative because you can do that you can be the main character of your narrative in the larger narrative that is the the grand play that we are a part of um right now that grand play is pretty fucked up with all the <laughs> shit that's happening in politics and covid and monkeypox and war in ukraine and all this garbage but you have your own narrative and you have your own symbolism and you have your own story to act out so act it out act it out in a way that is authentic to you and wake up because that's how we win being actually awake and authentic and arming yourself with the spiritual knowledge and wisdom that we like to talk about so yeah yeah i think that's that's pretty much all that i have and i guess that's it i think that's it bye bye Balls. I don't know. <laughs> I hate myself.